welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. We've missed you ever so much. I'm your host, Molly Raycraft, joined by my assistant, Adam Harper. Hey guys, how are you doing? Sorry, we've been away for a while. Uh, our mouths have been too full of Easter chocolate talks. We've had to put ourselves on hiatus for a few while. Uh, but we are now back and we're very excited for this week's podcast where Molly and I went to go and see Atos and speak to two of our favourite B2B marketers, Kat Button and Ruth Oakey. Uh, we don't want to waste any more of your time because they said some brilliant and insightful things. So let's get on with the interview. Okay, guys. So how would you explain yourselves to people who don't know you? Personally or company-wise? <laughs> <laughs> Personally. <laughs> My name is Ruth Oakey and I look after private sector marketing for Atos in the UK and Ireland. Um, hi, I'm Kat Dutton, I'm Vice President of Marketing within Atos and I lead the UK marketing team and also our Global Financial Services Marketing Division. Um, marketing within Atos is all about um, delivering business growth for the organisation very much focusing on our clients and end outcomes. So I have an interesting question. I like the intersection of CX and ABM. I, we hear an awful lot about it, particularly people looking at their existing customers, whether yeah. they're looking to grow their existing accounts yeah. or yeah. protect them. Yeah. Um, but people often find it hard to actually nail down maybe some of the choke points or challenge areas within their customer's journey in that program. Um, I know you guys are pretty good at ABM, you won't want to give too many of your secrets away all in one go, but if there's any one thing you'd recommend people look at or think about, if they're looking to do the same thing, what would you suggest? So for me, it's getting that buying straight away, getting everyone around the table to kick off ABM, because if you don't get everyone's buy-in, it'll just go to yeah. ruin. Completely agree with Ruth. Um, I think the other thing is as well, I'm, I'm still quite surprised little bit shocked actually around how many marketers have never actually talked to a client um, I think um, you know there's something in that right around if you're working on an account or you're working on a client how can you market to them if you've never talked to them and I think it's really easy to um, create a kind of program and like Ruth said you know if you don't get buy into it internally it's it's not going to work um, but actually also getting buy-in from that client. There's something to be said around having a joint plan actually with the customer around how you do market to them and what their preferences are. So we've done some research recently, just did a quick piece of research that didn't really cost us anything. We um, spent a bit of money where we'd asked the people who were responding to donate, you know, we would donate £25 towards their chosen charity. And we actually got 45 client respondents to that survey, um, which we just sent out through through our client teams. Um, and what that survey was about was asking them around, you know, what their digital preferences are, what they really respond to online, what kind of things do they really look into. And that's been fantastic for us in order to really look at what our digital marketing strategy is and, and how we really want to drive that forward. So it works best for those clients. Um, so my advice is if, if you're looking at um, an account-based marketing programme, start small with a few accounts, but actually go and talk to them and see what their preferences are, how they want to be marketed to, because you can't build a programme without that. Uh, I completely agree. Um, luckily, the job I'm in, I spend most <laughs> of my time talking to my clients. Uh, 
However, I know from speaking to a lot of them yeah. that they want to speak to their clients more. Mm -hmm. The problem is getting the authority and the chance Don't to. Don't ask. Is that your advice? Just go and do it. There's nothing stopping people going and speaking to their marketing counterparts in an organisation. Okay. Talk to people at events. Go, go, and, go and find out what events they go to and go and talk with them. I understand there's rules around, you know, we have the same with, with account teams and things as well, which, you know, completely understand the pressures around the relationships. Absolutely fine, but there's nothing to stop you as a marketer going to talk to another marketer. I love that advice. Everyone has those hoarder salespeople that don't let you in and trying to get them just to put their insights in a CRM is a nightmare. Um, and not asking for permission is great advice on that front. Yeah. Do you think marketers in general wait for permission yes. too yeah. much? Yes, just got to go in there. If you just <laughs> wait around, it's never going to happen. Just get on with it. I'm a big fan of this. <laughs> Welcome to Atos. I, like I actually noticed this the other day, Kat, on yeah. Twitter, that Atos has been selected as one of the top 50 employers for women it by has. the Times. Congratulations. Thank you. So, first of all, why do you think Atos has been selected? Yeah, I'd say um, over the last four or five years, Atos has really significantly invested, actually, in getting um, gender diversity and equality across the organisation. Um, I know that um, in terms of the Times Top 50 that we're now in, which is fantastic news for Atos, um, part of that was around a lot of the work that we've done um, to really enhance not only kind of recruitment of new talent within the organisation, but also there's been a huge effort to help those individuals within the organisation um, through promotion. Um, so we actually increased last year from... Um, 28% to 33% in terms of promotion of um, senior females within the organisation, which is a huge increase yeah. from, from where we were. Um, so there's a, there's a massive um, kind of drive really within the organisation to improve uh, gender equality. And I actually, over the last couple of um, months, am now part of the leadership team for what's called our Atos Aspire Network, which is all around gender diversity. Um, but that has previously been run by two fantastic individuals, a lady called um, Anita Gray and Barbara Archbold, who've really, really driven um, the agenda around gender diversity. Do you think having a diverse team has a direct impact on your customer experience in any way? Yes, because people buy from people, right? That's, that's what this business is about, especially in some of the very large contracts, large deals mm. are involved in, and people buy from people like them. So it makes sense to have a gender and diversity quality mix that represents the population. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think um, what's quite interesting as well is that a lot of our clients are now um, more proactively asking actually what our um, diversity agenda is and what we're doing and some of the programmes and initiatives that we run. Um, so I know that our HR, um, our SVP for HR has been spending quite a lot of time actually with different clients talking about the different programmes that we have in place um, and actually within Atos we have a number of different what's called growth networks or diversity networks um, which are all about kind of increasing diversity and inclusion across the organisation. I, I think from doing my research the kind mm. of ethical aspect of customer experience and kind of the offering that a company can 
mm. um, give someone has really become more important. Would you say that's true? Do people look for them being yeah. part of kind of initiatives in that kind of area that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily directly related to the business but show you kind of yeah. stand for something yeah, that's definitely. become more important? Yeah. Especially where you definitely. align, where you where you have a customer, I uh, can't name any names, but a customer where that is a, of a particular importance to them we're finding quite a strong alignment at that kind of level. Yeah, I think I think we're more we'd be more um, asked as well, aren't we, during the procurement process around what we're doing in those spaces. That has um, been feedback. Yeah, and I think it's almost given us as a bit of a it just should be a given anyway that you know companies should be diverse and inclusive. So yeah. um, I think you know the, there's a number of different factors that go into that and I think you know as an organisation we're proactively trying to improve that on a daily basis um, and what's really great is our you know not only our UK exec team are involved but we also have our global management team who are really active and um, we also announced as part of our new three-year strategy this year globally um, that actually you know we would um, help to increase the number of females within senior positions across the organisation globally um, so it's fantastic to see as well. So it is recognised definitely as something that, you know, not only do we recognise internally, but also our clients as well expect, and it should be expected. So it's a case of leading by example first and foremost, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Especially seeing you guys do fairly substantial jobs or the partnership you make, it's quite substantial, you're quite embedded. Mm-hmm. You guys can show what to do rather than just sort of tell them what to do because... Yeah, absolutely. You're so yeah. open to each other and yeah. the size of the work you do. Yeah. So on your when I was doing my research and I was on your website, it said that you have about 120,000 employees across 73 countries. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a lot of people. Yep. Yep. So how does marketing um, ensure that there's that cohesion in the customer experience that you're offering across, across mm-hmm. the globe? I think we have a role to play in it, but what I would say is we're very much on that journey. I think mm-hmm. our strategy as an organisation, um, you know, and del- deliberately, and we've been really open about it, is that we do um, acquire other organisations, which naturally brings in various different um, cultures, messaging, ways of working, um, and I think we're very much on that journey of, of trying to get that consistency, and it's something that we're always conscious of and focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of, you know, how does marketing play a role in that? I think we, we're there to absolutely help with the overall messaging um, of the organisation, how we really put our value proposition across, and being really clear actually on the clients that we do work with, what's important to them, and how we really work directly with them. So we spend a lot of time um, really looking at individual um, clients, as we call them clients, rather than customers within Atos. Um, and I think you know account-based marketing is something that also we're starting to bring in more, which will help improve that one-to-one kind of customer experience that we do have. Because we're not, you know, as an organisation, we're a B2B company. We don't work with thousands of different customers. You know, we have a slight number of organisations we work with. Um, but Ruth's been leading on some of the ABM work that we've been doing, particularly within the UK team, um, which is now starting to to take hold. Yeah, but those organisations in terms of ABM, although they may be headquartered here, actually have a global reach. Yeah. Same. So that's that's just the nature of the beast of the customers that we have. So 
ABM, you can have a consistency in look and feel of documentation, but then once you obviously get into the different business units in different countries, that has to be taken. Your CX culture, is that something that is that sort of comes from the board? Is it something they've been aware of for a while? Sort of where does it, how does it sort of exist in Atos? Yeah, it's, it's across really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've, we've had um, a, a campaign called Client at the Heart for, well, long before I started working at Atos. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, you know, that, that's run through as a theme for, for yeah, over five years now. So what we mean there is it's client at the heart, but then customer at the heart as well. So, um, you know, the man or woman in the street, it's around, we work with our clients in order to satisfy those end customer needs better. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's, it's then us gaining an insight into what the end customer wants. And we run a lot of customer journey mapping sessions, lots of um, user experience testing, really get under the skin of the end customer to help the client better service that end customer. So it's that client and customer dichotomy. And obviously like I think the golden golden egg is where that business is satisfying its end customers as well as then that helping them achieve their objectives. Mm. And we're kind of that facilitator in the middle, giving them insight. Yeah, definitely. And I think from a marketing perspective as well, over the last couple of years, we've really driven um, quite a few campaigns that have looked at the end customer, not just around the clients that we work with, but ultimately their customers that they work with. Um, so we run our demanding digital campaign, um, which we started about three years ago. Um, we've also run uh, another campaign more recently around cyber trust, which we're now up for a couple of awards on. Um, get that plug in there, um, you know. And, and that was all around really looking at what are consumers' views around um, their views on organisations in terms of them managing their data. How much do they trust organisations in different markets? And that's great insight for us to be able to play back then to our customers to have that different level of conversation and um, you know really show the insight that we have around their end customers. Mm -hmm. um, so you also asked Molly around, um, you know, does does it come from top down in terms of um, customer experience and people's focus? I'd say yes and no. It's very much around you know the individuals we have within Atos are very customer focused anyway. Um, but yeah, we do have a really um, great exec team as well that actually spend a lot of time out with our clients um, you know so our CEO is out with the CEOs from our clients all the time um, he's quite happy to pick up the phone to them they pick up the phone to him and have a conversation um, you know our exec are always actively involved with clients there's um, an exec sponsor per client as well so and that goes globally now as well as within the UK so I think in terms of customer experience it's across all levels within the organisation it sounds like you've done a lot and you've devoted a lot of focus to customer experience so to get it to the standard it is today what are the challenges that you've encountered along the way i think the biggest challenge is when things don't go as well yeah. when there's an issue yeah. um i think that and then you have to kind of turn that around quite quickly um i think we've, we're good in this organization around if something is our fault, something's happened, we'll hold our hands up. It's about transparency mm. and just talking to them. As soon as we know something has gone wrong, maybe in service delivery, just really 
talking to them, saying, explaining what it is, and explaining what we are trying to do to sort it about, and just keep talking. It's the communication thing that that's critical, and just being open and honest. And would that be your advice to others that are experiencing customer? Um, perhaps a dissatisfied customer. Ask them why they're dissatisfied. Um, I mean, I've just talked about one incident where something may not have gone right. I think mm -hmm. it's around having that constant dialogue with your customers so it shouldn't get to a head of them being dissatisfied. We have formal meetings with our customers where we, we go to kind of set agenda and particularly around if there's any issues. But really it's around just having that day-to-day -day relationship with our customers. Often we're, we're just sitting there on customer site. Yeah. So they can just come and tell us if there's something wrong, if they're not happy. And if we can rectify it straight away, we will do. But yeah, it's kind of that two-pronged attack of the formal feedback that happens quarterly or monthly, and then that kind of informal day-to-day, because -day, we sit next to our customers. Uh, we have one, uh, one question we always like to ask, um, and I haven't prepared you this one at all, so feel free to not have an answer, but we have the B2B Marketing Book Club. Is there any book about business or marketing or that you've just read in the last year or so that you think other marketers would learn from or find useful having read? The last book I read on the topic of marketing was Bev Burgess's Account Based mm. Marketing. Our signed copy, Ruth. That's a classic. It is a classic, is a yes. Classic. <laughs> in our, in our remit. Yeah, so that was the last one I read. So thanks, guys, for both being here and talking to us and letting us see your amazing office. Um, yeah. Thank you. We'll no see you soon. Thanks, thanks, Adam. Thanks, Molly. Adam, as a marketer yourself, what was the your favourite thing that you learned from Captain Ruth? Um, I think no matter who you are, if you're a B2B marketer, the advice you should take from that is don't wait for permission before you go and do something. Uh, I see it time and time again. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world in business and you have to play the game and one of those things is you have to go and make things happen. You can't wait for these things to happen. So from now on, I know I'm going to take on the ball by the horns and I'm going to go ahead and make these things happen as soon as I can. And I can't wait. Should we be worried about that? Absolutely, <laughs> you should, Molly. Um, also, if you want to hear more from Kat, she is going to be speaking at our next live event, B2B Ignite. Uh, she will be on a panel talking about uh, the difference between sort of traditional and in-house agencies and where you may or may not want to use one or the other. This is something I know she has experience in. Uh, that event is on the 9th of July. If you want to see more about it, just Google B2B Ignite. Uh, I believe the early bird has just finished, but if you mentioned listening to the podcast, there's a small chance you might get an extension to that discount. So feel free to ask, say, Adam and Molly send you. <laughs> and I think that's everything. So thank you for listening and we will... Be back sooner than the wait between the last two episodes, we absolutely promise. And uh, yeah, see you soon.